Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beer and Howard Griffin. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard and the Big Ten Network's own Howard Griffith joining us here for another week. And and Howard, um, interesting week to so, say the least. <laughs> um, I, I got to be honest with you on my bingo card of life, mm-hmm. I heard things that I wasn't ready for, but they are here. We, we're gonna get to the Mel Tucker Michigan State situation. A little bit later on in this. Let, let's first talk about last weekend and, and kind of set up what's going to happen in this weekend. Yeah. When I look at last weekend, it was um, it, it was almost like either you, if you were a Big Ten team, you played people and you blew them out. I mean, North, I mean, Penn State, what Penn State is doing is, I guess what you're supposed to do against bad teams. You, you just kind of hand them a check and say, you have no chance. Don't Thanks even for coming. Think you're win. <laughs> right. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. You know, save a safe travels back. And hopefully right, so everybody's I'm, I'm, can, is healthy on your side so you guys can go compete the following week. Yeah, I'm looking at Penn State and Howard. I mean, I know it's early in the season, but the, you know, the road for the Big Ten is goes through Ann Arbor for the last two years, but yeah. it looks like more and more that game, November 11th. So it's a lot. Teams look right. like the best two teams in the Big Ten. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, I, I think that's that's an easy, uh, and I think that's the the right assessment right there when you think about Penn State. And listen, I understand that the, the their, their competition, but uh, the reason I like this team so much is, is what they practice again each and every day. They're going against the ones. They're going against their ones. So they're competing um, every day. So they've been able to move the football against a really strong defense uh, and have success in practice. So, you know, it flows into the game. Now this Michigan, that game's going to be, it's going to be exciting now, believe it. Cause it's two teams that, that are kind of built differently. Um, I think we've talked about, you know, how Penn state was kind of built to take on, you know, what Ohio state does as far as spreading you out and, and being able to, uh, you know, cover all those receivers down the field. But I think they've also made some changes in Penn State. They're they're a lot better in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So right now, if you if you're looking, you know, you look at Michigan, you look at Penn State. These two teams have the fewest questions uh, yeah. about where they're going. I mean, you can nitpick pick at them about different things. Sure, you can do that with anyone. But when you start looking at you know the way they're playing in all three phases, it's hard to argue that right now these aren't the two best teams in the conference. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. If you're Michigan, I think the nitpick, as you say, is the run game going up against ECU, mm-hmm. going up against UNLV. Blake Corm's yet to break through 100 yards, and yeah. Donovan Edwards doesn't look like he's picking up where he left off last season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just, you know, the level of competition. You're really not going out there doing as hard. You were a former player. I mean, yeah. I know I know they always say you give it 100%, but, Howard, we all yeah. know. 
Yeah. Sometimes you look at your opponent and realize I could probably give you 60% and save the other 40. Yeah, I, I mean, that's reality. I mean, and, and, and players understand that. They want to get off to a fast start. They know that if, if they're playing at the level they're supposed to be, you know, they're going to be out of the game relatively early uh, and they're going to be able to get a lot of players to play. And, and for the most part, that's what you've seen with both of these teams. They're playing a lot of players. They're playing a lot of good, a lot of, uh, good experience. And that's going to pay dividends as the season continues to progress. Hopefully both teams can stay healthy. Hopefully everybody can stay healthy. But when you're able to play so many uh, players early, uh, it's important. And it shows their teammates that, that they're dialed in and understand what they need to do as far as the game plan is concerned. And it shows that they're engaged because sometimes you can get in these situations. And if you're a two and you're playing behind a, an All-American or first team all big 10 guy you're not going to get many reps but but i think what you're seeing both of these teams do is play a lot of players uh, and get those valuable reps that they need and howard um it sounds weird because this team's 2 and 0 and they just beat a team 35 to 7 but it just seems like there's some concern coming out of columbus that this yeah. team doesn't seem like the Ohio State teams of old. The sad comparison is they're being compared to previous teams in previous <laughs> years. So, whereas, you know, there's probably 10 teams in the Big Ten who would love to be in their shoes, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like even where Ohio State finished yeah. the season last year, a play away from knocking off the back-to-back mm -hmm. -back champion Georgia. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of pressure on all these teams and all these coaches. Uh, but the pressure in Columbus, you know, we know it is about winning national championships. That, that's what they aspire to do each and every year. And they're not playing at, at that level right now. And you look at their third down uh, situations, which is a problem on both sides of the ball. Uh, what teams are doing, I think what you saw Indiana do was uh, really just play keep away. You know, try to move, try to move the ball, grind it out to force them to you know, not have as many plays as they normally do. And, and that's been bared out because one of some of the things that we've been hearing uh, from Coach Day, he talks about we're not getting as many possessions as we've gotten in, in previous years. And, and teams are, are holding onto the ball, so they have to be that much more efficient uh, on third down to be able to stay in the game because you don't know how many, how many reps you're actually going to get. And that's kind of fallen into – they want to get as many players playing as well, but when they're not firing all all cylinders, you know they're forced to to keep those starters in. And, and right now, last week we saw them force the ball to those wide receivers, and, and that's what they needed to do. But right. what does that mean for the run game? So we're not seeing necessarily the balance uh, that they want to see on um, on the offensive side. And then you see some, you know, giving up some yardage. Uh, obviously, on third downs, been a problem for them, and they just have more questions. I'm not saying that they're they're not a good football team. But they just have more questions that need to be answered, uh, not only for themselves, but also their fan base as well. Yeah, and then I look at some of the other games, and, and one that really I found curious, because I was driving back from MSU, and I had to go back and rewatch it on the, on the BTN at 60. Uh -huh. I'm driving, and I'm listening that Charlotte is beating Maryland. At Maryland. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, well, I, I had to call somebody and be like, did, did, did Talia Tungavaloa get knocked out the game? Like, right. why is Maryland losing to Charlotte? Now, eventually they came back. They, I think they won, what, 38 to 20. Yeah. But Mike Loxley sure likes to make the Maryland fans sweat. What, Howard, what happened? To yeah. Them? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you talk about the competition. They came out 
Uh, there's a pick six involved in that as well. So they got behind, got behind in the score early. Um, but listen, they, they won the game and obviously the coaching staff wasn't happy about it. Players weren't happy about it. But the one thing you saw, you saw them rally back. Yeah. And, and that's what they need to be able to do. And, you know, that's not a game that they can afford to lose when you think about having to go against who they have to go against over in the East. So these right. are games that they have to have. Um, but I, I thought it, it showed a lot for them to be able to come back. You know, they could have folded the tents. You didn't want to see them do it. But, you know, it's still a good football team. They, they really are. And they're going to have some growing pains. Uh, you know, they got to take care of. But for them to be able to make that next jump, that they want to make um, to get out of that middle, middle of the pack um, scenario that they're in right now when you look at the Big Ten, they've got to be able to finish, start strong and finish strong. And, and that's what you want to see. But that's also the growth you have to see in programs that are, that are trying to, to establish themselves as solid middle of the road teams. Because it's, it's hard, man, when you think about it. I mean, Maryland's happy that <laughs> the divisions are going away. At least that's yeah. what we believe at this particular point. Because it, it's tough if you're Maryland, if you're Rutgers. Uh, you, you can be really be, you know, playing as hard and as well as you want, but you just don't have the players that those other three programs have. So you no, can't afford to feels, drop a game. It almost feels unfair because it's like you look across the street and you're like, well, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa, they, yeah. they don't have to go through all this. They just yeah. play each other. Well, we, it's like, oh, you got Michigan this week. You got Ohio State. You got Penn State. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, that, that's just not fair. But, no, yeah. I, I, seriously, I, I'm listening on satellite radio, and I immediately was like, okay. Something's wrong. This ain't right. Like, did he get knocked out the game or what yeah. happened? And, you know, then you look at, I mean, on Friday night, Howard, uh, your yo, um, father, Kansas. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I could say it was a raucous crowd, but it wasn't. I mean, yeah. I still laughed that they had like twelve police guarding the goalposts, and there were no fans there. Yeah, it's uh, fans, but I mean, for for Illinois and and with Bielema, I mean, why the struggles this year? Yeah, I, I think you know there there are a couple things, right? I mean, you you obviously lost a great deal of talent uh, that went on to the NFL. There's a shakeup on your your coaching staff with. Uh, Ryan Walters going over to Purdue and, and taking some coaches with him. Um, you know, you, so Aaron Henry steps into the to the defensive coordinator position. And, and I'm not saying that, that Aaron not good. He's not a good defensive coordinator, but he's young, right? He, he's learning. This is his first shot at being able to call the defenses. So, you know, you're going to go through some things. And, and that's one of the things that happens. And it's tough. When you're going against this Kansas team, remember, they got off to a fast start last year and the quarterback got hurt and mm -hmm. things kind of tailed off. You saw again why they got off to a fast start last year because you're seeing it now. That quarterback is dynamic and he's going to put these defenders in, in, you know, in conflict where they're not going to be able to be right and he needs to make the right calls and he's doing it. But I think it's just one of those things where things have to settle down um, for this team, because I listen, I, I thought they had or have one of the best offense and defensive lines. Uh, they talk about experience, talking about Illinois. I mean, they're one of the best out there, but they have not played anywhere near that level. And they've got to get the run game going and they've got to be able to stop the run and be able to get to the quarterback. Yeah. And now, you know, sp speaking of quarterback, getting to Michigan State, Noah Kim wins the offensive player of the week. Yeah. 
didn't take him as long to get settled in. It, it looks like they may have found a QB in yeah. him. The thing I like about Noah Kim is, you know, you look at they play Richmond, you know, an FCS school, but the fact that, man, he hit, I think, nine different receivers. Yeah. Well, I think with Peyton Thorne, it was really two receivers he yeah. saw. And everybody else could be standing there waving their arms, but he was still like, "I'm." A, I, but Jaden Reed only has three people around him. Yeah, Noah Kim is kind of finding the 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 open man, which I think is necessary when you're a team like Michigan State. You don't have the dynamic, you know, NFL first round selection. Yeah, Kim goes out there, does his thing. You know, Nate Carter runs for three touchdowns. I think he's up there with the Big Ten leaders in rushing. Yep. And it looks like, okay, you got Washington coming in. And, you know, Michael Penix Jr. has been the Spartan killer ever since, since Illinois. I mean, he just <laughs> gives them fits. Yeah. And that was the biggest concern when I left Spartan Stadium. I go mm-hmm. back home, I'm rewatching the game. And then all of a sudden, Howard, the news starts coming out. Yeah. And this article, and it's this article. And then the USA Today details this, this, this relationship Mel Tucker had with with Brenda Tracy Mm -hmm. the next day the school has to step up and they say basically they were going to keep this thing quiet because they couldn't because of title nine but because to put her name out there well we can now act forward they suspend Mel Tucker without pay the next day the hearing is coming up during the bye week I mean Howard there's so many different ways to go with this but but I guess one I mean, we 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 kind of text because it was like I, I had a whole list of people, and I could tell when everybody was waking up, and I was like, "Up, oh, Howard just woke up." <laughs> I just saw the news. What was your initial reaction when you when you heard this? Really shocked, right? Um, and, and that's what it, it is the first article I read was the ESPN article, and you're like, "Okay, uh, well, it'll it'll play itself out." Um, you know, obviously disappointed. And then you say, well, get another Texas USA Today. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's really unfortunate. It, it's really unfortunate that, that it, it got to this point. Um, but we're going to find out, you know, in October, October 5th and 6th, just what the ultimate decision is going to be. I think everyone kind of knows and has an idea of where the program is headed right now. Uh, as far as Coach Tucker's concerned, it's probably moving forward without him. But we'll, we'll learn more probably um, that day because of the, you know people are going to have the information at that point. I think everyone will be able to have it. I think it, it's still it, it's unfortunate that it was leaked. Whoever leaked it, um, yeah. And it's it's not it's, it's not whether you're, you're you're apologizing for Tucker or you're Brenda Tracy. It doesn't matter which side you you fall on. You know, the fact that, you know, this got out is a problem. And, you know, hopefully Michigan State gets to the bottom of that and finds out you know, who was involved there. Yeah, because I always laugh, man. Michigan State has, since I've been a student, has always had problems like this. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it does, in all fairness to the new board of trustees, they appear to be cleaning it up. Yeah. The new, like they, they've gotten rid of a, a lot of old figureheads, people who've just been around based off of their name. Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot more 
it's newer people on there, but it still shows me that it leaked that there's still at least one person that's like the old guard. And I really hope that they find out where it came from mm -hmm. because until they do, Howard, you, you I'm sure you're going to get this and some of the listeners. And if you don't, you just need to Google or watch the movie life until then. They, they just seem like can't get right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's every time. It's just like, no, don't do this. No, no, don't go here. No, don't do this. And it's yeah. just, you gotta start doing because each and every time you do something, it this just builds on the Larry Nasser and everything. Yeah. Happens. It's just like you don't want people to just think that, you know what, I'm just expecting you to do something wrong. I don't expect yeah. you to ever do something right. But saying that, I'm gonna ask you because I I think that for the information that they had, Howard, it appeared that this time MSU actually did the right thing. For what they knew, for the situation they were in, I think you had no other recourse but to suspend Tucker. Yeah, I think they, you know, they follow, you know, their, uh, you know, their letter of law. What they needed to do is, as far as, you know, protecting the people that were around, uh, and then, you know, they were forced to, to make a decision. As it appears, Brenda Tracy was forced to to make her comments and release what she needed to, and Mel Tucker then had to release. Uh, his statement. So right. everybody has had to be in, in to to react to a situation that they thought that maybe they would at least have until October fifth or sixth before things got out. Before things got out, but you know, I think Michigan State they did exactly what they needed to do um, because I think you know in this situation, if Coach Tucker is still in place, your student athletes who you're saying you're looking out for and and you know, are forced to answer these questions each and every day. And the focus will not be on, you know, the football team. It's going to be on Coach Tucker and Brenda Tracy. And, and right now, since both of them, obviously Brenda Tracy is not around, but Coach Tucker is not around either, it, it kind of allows the team in the university to, to kind of focus on, on what they need to, the university, on the hearing that's going to be coming up and what they need to do there and the student – the student athletes being able to focus, hopefully, as much as they can on this Washington team that uh, they're going to have their hands full with uh, coming up. It's funny because I, I do want to talk about that. I, I just still I'm thinking to myself is 20 billion women in the world. Yeah. You picked her. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, you you fall for who you fall for. Right? I know you, you I fall know. for who you fall for. But but I, I, I think it, the question is, you know, it's a judgment. Right. I think that's what you know, most people uh, are looking at. They're looking at it from, OK, well, you got to make better decisions. Thing. I mean, and even Tucker comes out and says in his statement that he, you know, he said a lot of stuff. But one yeah. of the you know, people was out for me because of my job. I mean, the, how much money I'm making. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, no bleep, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if you know, like you and I. If we know that our jobs in on on the line, Howard, you don't show up late yeah. every day because you're just giving them something to fire you with. That's yeah. why I'm like your judgment, Mel. You know that a lot of some people weren't happy with your contract. That was always mm -hmm. gonna be a sticking point. And you just handed them the keys and said, Here, please yeah. get rid of me. And and that's what it looks like it's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's man, it's 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 a tough situation. Um and maybe once we get, you know, once we get beyond uh, October 6th, we'll, we'll get more information and understand. I mean, I think most people have made their decision. Um, 
of what they know, just on what they know. So more things will come out, I'm sure, uh, at the hearing, um, that there'll be more stuff that'll be discussed and thrown around. But at the end of the day, it still comes back to, you know, the judgment. And I think that's the the unfortunate part that the judgment you, you know, that you made really, you know, cost you you (laughs) a head coaching spot at at a really desirable place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has the resources, and it's just a tough situation all the way around for everyone. Right. I mean, new practice facility. I mean, they just they're, they're spending thirty million dollars. It's being built as we mm-hmm. speak. It'll be done yeah. next season. The next coach is, I mean, literally walking into a brand new mansion. Yeah. Can, I mean, if you want to repaint some of the walls and do whatever <laughs> and make it yours, that's fine. But other than that, yeah, you're about to walk into a pretty situation. Saying that, Michigan State tapped Harlan Barnett, mm-hmm. former Spartan player, current coach in the secondary. He's the interim coach. Yep. What did it mean if, if, as, as a for the players say, why Harlan Barnett? Why was he the guy and not anybody else? Well, I think you look around, uh, you know, Harlan, and you. I think you have to look at the athletic director as well and his ties and where oh, his comfort yeah. level where his comfort level is. And there's a comfort with having, you know, Harlan there because they, you know what he means to, uh, you know, the people in that locker room. And, and it's important. I mean, he's a stand-up guy, always has been, uh, known him for you know, going back to playing days. So for me, so it, it gives him an opportunity to, to kind of, you know, stabilize things. Uh, you know, in that building, right? And, you know, he's a guy that the players are going to listen to. He's a guy that the players uh, should rally for um, and and moving forward. But this is not going to be an easy position. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, in putting Harlan uh, in that position, having Coach D'Antonio come back and and also kind of guide him through this process because he's still a first time head coach. And there's some things that come across your desk on a daily basis that have nothing to do with what's going on between those white lines. So he's got to, he's got to try to get up to speed with that. And this is really, and we're talking about week, week three. So there's a, there's a lot of football that needs to be played. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be happening, happen in the back office, whether it's recruiting uh, whether it's campus, all of that stuff is still it's still going to come at Michigan State, regardless of who's the head coach. But I think it gives them a stabilizing force that's well respected uh, within the Michigan State community, and I think he's well respected, you know, outside of that community as well. When we talk about the recruiting process, too. Yeah, and it's funny as you say, bringing in Mark D'Antonio, it's like he's bringing his own wartime conciliary, somebody who can <laughs> help him make it through. And as you say, you can lean on him. Yeah. And I really don't know what what Coach D's job is going to be, but you know I do think that he is going to help in the stabilizing factor of of, of getting this. And 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 then when you look at what Harlan's going to do, yeah, I mean, what would he have to do to keep this job? Because I we we talked about it on yeah. the radio, and I yeah. said that you know what you you probably. Two games are gone, so you're going to get ten more games. I'm like, if you go seven and three. I think you put yourself in serious consideration because that means you knocked off all the 50-50 games and you also beat one of those four teams that people didn't think that you could beat, whether it was Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. I'm like, if Harlan does that, 
I think that he's now moved on to if you don't give him the job, he's on that short list of people that you're heavily considering for the job. And he also becomes he also becomes a a on the list of other programs as well. I didn't think about that. Um, So, yeah, at the end of the day, he's got to win. He's got to win. Because I think when when you sit back and you look at where Michigan State is right now, this is going to be a highly coveted job. Movement. I mean, it, it really is. This is this is a you know people can say what they want. This is a big time job when you look at the resources that are going in to this exactly. place that you've already talked about. When you I mean, look at yeah, you, know, you, yeah, you look at the buildings, you look at the, yeah. how much money they gave to Tucker saying, yes. hey, we, we willing to spend if we mm-hmm. think you're the right guy. Right. We're not going cheap anymore. Yeah. So that's a big part of it. So when you, when you look around, you know, it, it's going to come down to, you know, what they believe is going to uh, put these student athletes and give them an opportunity to, to compete. Um you know, and I, I know, you know, they're they're putting lists together. People are throwing names out there, and it's it, it really depends. Do you want a defensive guru or do you want an offensive guru that can go higher uh, that defensive guru or the other way around? So, yeah. you know, Harlan's got to win. That's that's number one. He's got to win. Otherwise, you know, you, you, you're forced. You're not forced, but yeah. you have to go look at everyone that's available. You have to make the calls. You you have to do your due diligence as an athletic department to find the right person that you're going to need to go lead your program. But Harlan has first shot at it, right? Because he's got this audition. He's got the rest of the season yeah. uh, to be able to do it. And so he, he's got a great opportunity with um, Coach D'Antonio over his shoulder. And, you know, he's going to be as involved as he possibly can with, with getting prepared, um, getting each this team prepared. And also think about this, you know, one of the things they talk about with, with defensive coaches and this part of the process, their growing process, is game management. Because that's not something that defensive coaches have to necessarily be worried about on a play-in, play-out basis. You learn that. You're forced to learn that on the job. And so having, you know, someone that's been in that position – uh, is going to be important. I think it can be a big role and a big plus for, you know, for Harlan. That is true. And when you when you look at this game coming up with Washington, I mean, I'm going to lean on this for you because you were a former player. Yeah. Is it too much to say that this game can kind of dictate how this goes? If, if you can come back and you can rally – and you beat them or you play a competitive game, you start feeling like, you know what, guys, all is not lost. But if this goes sideways, I wonder how do you come back and rally the troops if it just – because, unfortunately, you're not playing Richmond this week, which Mm -hmm. is a perfect type of game to kind of, you know, show that, hey, it's not over. You're coming up against a team that you're double-digit underdogs Mm -hmm. at all against. you got the Rose Bowl team coming in for the reunion – all eyes are going to be watching. How do you react to this? I, I guess, is this a good thing that you're playing Washington? Because it really gives you a chance to make a statement this year for, for the up for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think no matter who was the head coach, if Coach Tucker was you know, still the head coach at this point, right, which I guess technically he is, yeah. Yeah. Um, this was still going to be that kind of a game. This was going to be a game that, that was going to you know, be pivotal, pivotal, about where this season was going and where the program is right now. 
because as well as Washington's playing, I mean, they are you know flying around. Penix is, you know, looks like he's on his way to being a first round draft pick and going to be in the middle of yeah. the Heisman race as well. So, you know, they've got players and they've done a, a really good job of stockpiling players and, and playing at a high level. So this was this game was going to be a challenge no matter who had who was wearing the whistle. Uh, right. And, you know, so but when when you think about what Harlan is going through, Coach Barnett's going through at this point, it, it, it's an opportunity for him to rally these guys. And, you know, I think the, the team is going to rally around him, but they still have to be able to go out and execute. Right. And that's the pro that that becomes really where the focus is. Everyone's going to be concerned about what's going on, but I can tell you right, Washington don't give two hoots, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, they don't. Washington doesn't care. They're focused. They're like whatever, we got to come in. We got to we got a game to play. We yeah, they think we're really football. good. Yeah. yeah, they lead college football in plays over thirty yards. Yeah, so, yeah they're same. they're trying to score quickly and they're trying to score fast. I guess, like I said, for me, if you're Michigan State, you kind of got to lean on Nate Carter yeah. and just grind this thing out and make sure that – because the best way to beat Penix is to keep him on the sideline. Yeah, right? yeah, you got to – and listen, this is – we're starting to see if you want to beat – if you want to beat these teams that, that are putting up points and have explosive plays, you got to grind – you got to slow the game down. Right. You really do. And you can't afford to turn it over and you have to win – in special teams, you you have to be able to flip the field uh, to slow this team down. There are going to be a lot of keys. Third down is obviously going to be a big one. Third down and first down, because when you think about from a defensive standpoint, if they go first, it's first and 10, and all of a sudden now it's second and four, second and five, that's not a great place to be in uh, yeah. when you have an explosive offense. So what happens on first down uh, dictate a lot about you know how this team is going to ultimately perform. Let me give you some advice, man, because I know you and Donardo, you do your uh, your pure the picks like the I forgot <laughs> what you call them, the, but you know when you really go overboard. Uh -huh. Michigan State, but with Mark D'Antonio coming back, two trick plays, <laughs> not one. Give him two. Okay. Two trick plays. You know what? I'm yeah. So. We go with this bold prediction. Is yeah, now, that's what it is. Bold prediction, yeah. Which is about ridiculous as I can say they are. They, we come up with some stuff. But uh, I'm going to go with that this week. I'm going to go I, exactly there. Two trick plays. Not I'm going to text my producer now and tell him this is where I'm going. Yeah, not one, but two. <laughs> I expect, you know, a fake field goal, a fake punt, some type of razzle-dazzle Statue of Liberty type of thing. And then the camera cut over to, to D'Antonio and Harlan Barnett, and he'll have just had a little smile on his face like, oh, right. y'all know me. You know, this is what I do. So right. The old chip, the chip on the shoulder's back. Right. So <laughs> the chip's we, back. Right. So we will see. Yeah. I mean, I look at this. It's, it's like I said, it's a weird game. It's a 5 o'clock game, so not yeah. necessarily a night game, but – you got the Rose Bowl alums coming back. And, I mean, this is really one of those where I think a lot of people were shocked. Yeah. And this – this it may be advantageous where Washington may be walking into a situation where they don't care, but you now have a team that's super focused. Mm -hmm. and just kind of – because I got a feeling that the players probably are turning their phones off all week because people just keep contacting them. Yeah. Heck, I know how much people contacted me, so I can only imagine what the players are getting. That it's right. like, you know what, guys, let's just take all of this energy and put it on Washington. It's going to yeah. be interesting. They're 16-point underdogs. Right about now, 
I'm thinking they got a they got a they got a shot at this, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. They, they do. There are a lot of things that are going on outside that, that'll that'll bring them together. You mentioned the Rose Bowl team coming back. You know, and, and uh, they're going to be I, – I, you talk about your phone. I can only imagine uh, with Harlan Barnett's phone, with all of the support that, that guys are calling and input. And, yeah, you know, I mean, so I, I, I think it'll be it, – it'll be huge. And he is – listen, he is as well-respected as – is any alum that that's that's left Michigan State and, and gone into the coaching profession, um, you know, he is you know, he's going to rally the troops and they're going to do everything they can. But at the end of the day, all that energy that you have, all that focus that you have, you've got to you've got to play to your keys and play to your strengths um, and, and not not turn it over, man. And that's that's what it's going to come down to them being able to make the plays when they need to. That and uh, here's another stat for you: Penix in the games that he started, the first true road game that he's played in when that he starts, mm-hmm. he's one and three. The one game that he did win was at Rutgers, but other than that, like even last year, he went yeah. on the road to I think UCLA. They lost that game, so just something else that you can uh, show Donato. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate all the tidbits. All right, I need them. Howard, appreciate your time, man. We'll be back next week. You know, we'll see what happens with Michigan State. Hopefully, we'll only be talking on the field stuff and no more off the field drama. This week, the the, the list of games uh, really. What it is. Yeah, Yeah, right. The team should be winning. Yeah. But it's next week is when all of a sudden you start seeing a little bit of separation. Ohio State's going to be taking on Notre Dame. I think that's going to be a big game. That's going to be a huge game. It yep. will, we're going to find out a lot about the Buckeyes in that game, whether we were all just kind of worried for nothing or we were worried for a reason. So we're going to figure that out. Howard, appreciate your time. Howard Griffith, you can see him on the Big Ten Network. You can see him during the day on Saturdays. That's the man. Make sure you're watching him. For Howard, this is Rico Beer. Keep liking, subscribing, and watching the Five Star Zone. We'll be back next week.